Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota in Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. Introducing the redesigned CatholicSingles.com, featuring new ways that put the spotlight on the person and their faith, not just a profile picture. For the past 20 years, faithful Catholics have used CatholicSingles.com, and the reimagined CatholicSingles.com website is ready to help single Catholics take the next step in sharing meaningful relationships with other faithful Catholics. Remember, CatholicSingles.com for faith, fellowship, and love. Mary's Touch, real life stories of Mary's love. I really do feel that Mary had a role in bringing me back to the Catholic Church. He reminded me that Mary was my mom. I always fell upon if I needed a desperate prayer, I always called to Mary. I could see that Mary had a hand in this. She began to speak to my heart. Mary's Touch, real life stories of Mary's love. Hi, this is Alexis Walkenstein. Welcome to Mary's Touch, the show that brings you real-life stories of Mary's love. You're listening to and learning about Mary, the mother of Jesus at the intersection of today's culture. I could not be more excited to introduce today's guest. We are here with Rosemary Holliger Costello, Catholic wife, mother, and relative of Venerable Fulton J. Sheen, the Emmy Award-winning New York bishop on track for sainthood. That's right. We're here with Rosemary, who's related to a saint-to-be. Rosemary earned her B.A. in piano performance at the College of St. Elizabeth in Morristown, New Jersey, where her mom, the late Yolanda Holliger, and all of her sisters attended. She went on in graduate study at Teachers College, Columbia University. She and her husband were married at St. Patrick's Cathedral in 1983, where her sisters and her parents, her parents who were married by the late Bishop Sheen, her husband Brian was a pilot in the Navy. They have moved all over with their six children, and Rosemary's taught piano every where she's lived. She's currently music director at Lutheran Preschool in Edmond, Oklahoma. And it's not often that you have family of a bishop on the way to sainthood on your radio show, but today we have Rosemary here with us, and I couldn't be more excited. It's been a joy and privilege to know Rosemary and her family. They have brought me ever closer to Bishop Sheen, and that's what we intend to do today for all of you listeners. Welcome to Mary's Touch, Rosemary. Great to talk to you today. Oh, it's fantastic to have you here. I first met your brother, Tom, in Palm Beach when I was working in the diocese, and I was getting involved with the cause for canonization of Fulton Sheen and really bringing his spirituality and the awareness of his cause for sainthood to our diocese. And when I met Tom, we were talking, and he told me about your mom, Yolanda. And then one phone call led to another phone call that led to Yolanda flying into Palm Beach and in her rock star style. And, you know, of course— Things that you never knew about Bishop Sheen. We know about his Emmy Award-winning TV programs and his radio shows and his countless writings and teachings, but his his zeal for life and the way that he really um, 
you know, was Jesus Christ in the middle of people's lives, that he was a matchmaker. He set up your parents. Um, And I, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, he wrote Three to Get Married. So, I mean, Three to Get Married was really one of my first books that I read of Sheen's. And then to encounter the fact that, gosh, not only is he writing the truth of the Catholic, you know, teaching on marriage and the dignity of this vocation, but you know he was helping others to embrace it. And you have this right. personal, personal family story. T- tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, um, my mother was in college at the time at Saint Elizabeth's, and she and her girlfriends would uh, take the train and they would go to Jersey City to Saint Aidan's Church to hear the bishop give talks. And at the time, he was doing his television show. And he was also the head of the Propagation of the Faith. And um, my mother was a big fan of his. And um, (laughs) she would um, put money in his hand as he would walk by every week. And he finally pulled her through the crowd one day and said, I need to see who this little person is. My mother was just five feet tall. And (laughs) I need to see who this is giving me money every week. What is your name? Blah, blah, blah. And she was there with her girlfriends, and he said, Yolanda, he said, you and your friends come to one of my telecasts, and you go to this such-and-such such mm. address, tell them your name. And so he invited her to one of his telecasts, and unbeknownst to my mother, my father at the time was living with the bishop. Uh, my father was from Chicago and mm-hmm. actually grew up all over Illinois, and it was his mother, my grandmother, who was the bishop's cousin. They grew up together in Peoria, Illinois. So my dad was um, living with the bishop for a time in uh, Manhattan, and um, so the bishop just decided he was going to introduce them, and um, (laughs) neither of them knew about it, but um, he was definitely playing Cupid, and and if it wasn't for Bishop Sheen, I wouldn't be here, that's for sure. So... um, he definitely could see in both of them a perfect little match, and um, so it was a pretty special story. So they did meet at one of his telecasts. And, and that's um, a pretty big deal out. to be invited to one of the telecasts. I mean, here's Bishop Sheen. He was famous. People right. would so line she, up. Yeah, he was thrilled. So was thrilled. it was really, yeah, so it was incredible that he kind of, and he had that way of plucking people out. He had like mm-hmm. a, a, a way to kind of see into a soul and, and zero in on someone who needed Christ, needed more of God, or God was going to use in a, in, in, for a mission. And he zeroed in on Yolanda. He sure did. And so... Yes. They, they had we dinner. Have, um, she told me that they he asked her to come and play the organ, you, you know, that he didn't tell either one of them that she, you know, come and play the organ at my residence. And she rolled right. her well, eyes. My mother, my mother gave him organ lessons. So right. that was another guise that he had to, you know, become a little bit closer. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he loved music and my mother did come. And so that's how her relationship with uh, my dad, kind, you know, so the bishop not just introduced him, but he kind of fostered that relationship along. Right. And then they did start dating. And then when my father proposed to my mother, he proposed to her in the bishop's chapel at his residence. Mm. And um, just under the guise that, you know, I need to pick up something over at the bishop's residence before we go out to dinner. And while my dad disappeared, my mom went into his chapel and knelt down on his prie-dieu in the chapel and was saying a prayer and then my father appeared and knelt down in front of her and proposed to her right then and there. And um, 
so that my dad had the plan with the bishop that that day that if my mother said no, then nothing was going to happen. But if she said yes, he was going to come in with champagne, which (laughs) my mom said one of her clearest memories after being surprised and saying, yes, I'll marry you, was seeing Bishop Sheen literally flying down this huge staircase with his cape flying behind him and a bottle of champagne, you know, <laughs> yelling, welcome to the family. Oh, so it's, it's a, so It's a pretty amazing. neat little picture, and uh, it was pretty pretty special little proposal. And that Prédu is in St. Patrick's Cathedral yes. right now, and it's down in the crypt, and um, it is uh, dedicated to my the memory of my parents. So. It's amazing. I, I, I didn't know that when I met you and, and the whole family. One of my first experience praying in the crypt, I knelt on that Prédu, and, and it was a profound experience. And I, it was really through Three to Get Married and, and some other prayers I was praying. And when I when I, t- I remember saying to Tom, I said, I, I don't know, I read Three to Get Married. I'm praying for a husband. And the next thing you know, I'm in the crypt and praying to Fulton Sheen and and I'll promote you. And the next thing you know, we're, we're doing masses in honor of his cause. And he's like, call my mother. Just call my mother. You know? Exactly. And he's was, the one you need to talk to. And it was like, you know, I mean, really, for anyone listening who's looking for a husband or a wife or, you know, want to strengthen your marriage, Fulton Sheen, this is really an area that he really fostered and inserted himself and was really... Oh, absolutely. Oh, so beautiful. So this yeah. set up your whole life of faith in many ways. Talk about... Um, how many brothers and sisters are there in your family? I have five siblings. I have three sisters and two brothers. And and many of you received all or most of your sacraments from the bishop. Yes, we did. That was, and it was always based on um, the bishop's schedule, of course. As a matter of fact, my sister Maureen, um, my mother had our parish priest baptize her when she was an infant just because the bishop's schedule would not allow it until she was eight months old. But she told him, well, you're going to baptize Maureen, so um, she didn't, but it's it's pretty funny that the, the christening pictures, everybody is just a tiny infant. There's Maureen grabbing at his face, and you know, so it's mm. definitely, definitely a different thing, but, uh, but he, as a matter of fact, we lived in Florida for nine years, and he would come down, my grandparents, his cousin Rita, who was my dad's mom, they lived there, and so when he would come and visit, he would stay with them. And then there were always events, but a lot of things, a lot of times he would come and he would do talks to different groups. And I always remember they always were, you know, to a group of Lutheran ministers or a group of rabbis, but... um, but that's when we would see him. So my mother would make sure, okay, who needs a sacrament? Bishop Sheen's going to be in town then. Then that's right. what we would do. And, of course, it was wonderful. But as a matter of fact, right before he died, when um, my mother was talking to him and they were making plans to get we – because my parents saw him just a couple of days before he died with my sister mm-hmm. Michelle. They were all in the city together. And they were talking about Christmas. And he, Bishop Sheen said – well, for Christmas, the whole family is coming in, mm. and who's receiving sacraments this year? And it was my brother Michael was going to receive First Communion, and my brother Tommy was going to be confirmed. And he mm. said, I will do that in my chapel, and we'll have some cake and some ice cream, and we'll have a party. And mm. so those were those were the last plans that never came to fruition, of course. But um, 1979, but was, around yes. 1979. Yes. I mean, he loved family life. I, what I love about his priesthood, his bishophood, is that he wasn't in isolation of that. He integrated and he brought his 
priesthood into the mix, into families, into the heart of so many people who've been impacted. And, you know, did you know, did you and your siblings know that you were in the presence of someone who would someday be a saint? Did your mom know and say, hey, you know, this this is a big deal? Or, or was oh, it just life as, just just life happening? Well, I, it's interesting that you say that because I have had a few people ask that. And my mother certainly remarked all the time. Bishop Sheen's going to be a saint someday. She knew it she knew with it. every fiber of her being, and she made sure that we re- realized it. Because when he would come, and I think one of the reasons he did love coming and, and being with our family was because he could just be himself. It was always, I mean, the memories are just always laughter and fun. And my parents both had wonderful senses of humor. Bishop Sheen loved being around people <laughs> that just, that he would laugh. He had a lot of his best friends right. in the entertainment world were comedians. My grandparents, especially my grandfather, who was one of the bishop's converts, just laughing and having so much fun. So it seemed very normal. And I would say that he, I always felt like he was um, one of our grandparents because right. that was the feeling that we had. We loved him and, and he was wonderful and kind and would tell a story, you know, everything that a grandparent would do. And, you know, I when he passed away, I was a freshman in college. So mm. um, my memories as a younger girl and, and, as, and growing through childhood, always knowing my mother said, he is going to be a saint someday. But we had this, but he's Bishop Sheen, you know, so right. it, it, it was hard to understand it. But what you do and what I do remember very clearly was that you did feel that you were in the presence of holiness. And it was an ineffable uh, feeling, mm. but you could you could feel it, and you certainly could see it in his eyes. And, you know, the eyes are the mirror of the soul, and you would look into his blue eyes, mm. and you truly felt the presence of, uh, of God. I mean, you right. just knew he was close to God, and... Um, so it was, it's kind of hard to explain, but even from a very early age, you felt it, and that was probably part of the reason people loved being close to him, because he had a bigger-than-life personality, he was funny, he was so charismatic. You know, a darling person, yeah. but you felt that holiness. And my mother said she felt closer to God than perhaps she ever would feel in her whole life, mm. or ever was when she was with Bishop Sheen. And um, and it's a really accurate description. Oh, it's incredible. We're, I hate to do this. We have to take a quick break. We don't even want to break this momentum hearing about Rosemary's connection to saint in the making, Bishop Sheen. We're going to listen to this week's Faith and Freedom Minute by Texas State Deputy Douglas Old Mixon from the Knights of Columbus. But don't go away. Stay with us. We're going to continue our conversation with Rosemary Holliger-Costello. The Faith and Freedom Minute explores the intersection of our Catholic faith and modern American culture, offering insights to understand and navigate the divide between secular viewpoints and our Catholic principles. Brought to you by the Knights of Columbus, here is Texas State Deputy Douglas Oldmixon. When government mandates involvement in abortion as a condition for being allowed to provide life-affirming health care services, it not only undermines the widely acknowledged civil rights of health care providers, but also limits access to good health care for all American women and men. These are the words of American bishops writing to Congress to urge passage of the Conscience Protection Act. As Catholics and as Knights of Columbus, we reject the notion that government has the right to force individuals to ignore the fact that abortion ends a human life as a precondition 
for offering needed health care services. This mandate directly violates rights guaranteed in the United States Constitution, and we call for its repeal. Will you join us? This has been the Knights of Columbus Faith and Freedom Minute. To learn more about the effective witness and practical works of the world's largest Catholic family organization, please visit our website at kfc.org. That's kofc.org. And we're back. We're with Rosemary Holliger Costello, relative of Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, the Emmy Award-winning bishop who's on track for sainthood. And I'm Alexis Walkenstein here at Mary's Touch. This has just been so riveting to just get a personal testimony about Bishop Sheen. And you were sharing about, you know, just how he really exuded holiness, that being in his presence made you feel like you were with Christ. What are some of the lessons that you learned from Fulton Sheen, whether whether it was in your upbringing and with him really in your home or even later, you know, after you were young when he died, you were a freshman in college, even in in retrospect, you know, studying him now and, and learning about him, you know, what are some of the, the things that you take away for today and for your family life as a mom and a wife? Well, I I mean, family was very important to him, and he comes from a very big family, and um, but the, his um, focus on our family and on my parents and his love for my parents was just crystal clear to everyone, and of course their love reciprocated for him. But, you know, one of the great lessons I would say was just what the meaning of love is, and mm. um, and you could see it. You know, it was a palpable thing that we experienced and saw, and, and you know, in retrospect, it's, you know, such a blessing that for us it seemed like a normal thing, but I know it's not. And um, so a true blessing for us to um, have that have that experience in our life that we lived and um having someone like that that we knew he was famous we knew you know he oh bishop sheen's going to be on tv tonight and we would watch so that mm-hmm. seemed like a normal thing for us it wasn't and because we knew him and it seemed you know it seemed a little odd that people would stop him when we were out and people seemed to want to talk to him all the time and you know make a fuss over him and so that seemed a little odd to us um growing up and being children but a lesson learned from that was his kindness and um his you know no matter what we were doing we were at an airport we were you know he was always on a tight schedule oh we have to do this and this and this and no matter who came up to him or whatever he always took time to speak with them and and just and you could you knew that it was probably not always you know something that he might have time for or want to do but he always did it he always did it and I I think that was a wonderful lesson because I do remember that very clearly and um and his humility was a wonderful lesson because Mm. he you know especially as an adult now knowing you know reading his book seeing going back knowing the type of person that he truly was that you know this isn't but through a child's eyes it's a different perspective than you know now I'm like oh my goodness he had a charism of presence. He really, and, Absolutely. you know, I, I'm of a different generation. I know him from, you know, the, the television and, and the books and, and just study. But I was giving a talk in Palm Beach, you know, after we had a series of events, it started to pick up this whole momentum. And I remember a woman said to me that 
her father was not a Catholic. Her mother was Catholic. They lived in Manhattan, and the father wanted to surprise them. He was having he watched Bishop Sheen every Sunday with the family, and he was having a conversion. And he went to the local priest in Lower Manhattan, knocked on the rectory door, and you know wanted to announce and ask you know how he could learn the faith. And the priest said, you know, not now. I'm at dinner. You know, can you come back another time? And he could have been really dejected, but he. In his mind, he felt so connected to Fulton Sheen, he wrote him a letter. He wrote him a letter and said, I'm just going to write this famous TV bishop a letter and see, you know, if he'll help me. Well, Bishop Sheen invited him to come every Sunday. He responded right away. And, you know, when I hear those stories and I hear you talking, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's how we need to be to each other. That was the kind of person he was. Right. And, um, you know, he never thought too much of his fame or anything like that, Um, but but truly that is what brought uh, brought our lord to so many people and so he used it he used it in, in the best way and um you know the number of converts and things like that like the gentleman you just spoke of who just saw him on tv mm-hmm. well, you can imagine people that knew him or right. might you know had him in their lives and um you know my grandfather was uh, his family he grew up um in the mennonite church mm. and um his family was not too keen on him dating this Catholic girl from Peoria. Um, <laughs> but they were great pals, and um, uh, the bishop instructed my grandfather um, on the QT in the really? Catholic faith. Yes, and did not let my grandmother know. And it was their um, rehearsal when they went. And in those days, if you weren't Catholic, you could not go on the altar. That's right. Um, so they were, my grandfather was walking up on the altar, and my grandmother was just, oh, no, no, no. And, and that's when the bishop and my grandfather surprised her and said, yes, he can come up on the altar. And so, um, you know, I love how he surprises. He, he's yes. really kind of, and he's like that as an intercessor. When you're praying to Bishop Sheen, bam, you know, right. it can sometimes be so funny how God responds through him. That is awesome. Bishop Sheen loved Our Lady. He, he has a book, um, The World's First Love, and he often, you know, referenced the Blessed Mother do you want to share a little bit about his devotion to Mary and what we can learn from him on how we can relate to the Blessed Mother? Well, I know that he felt that the strong devotion to the Blessed Mother was um, started with his mother, who, um, you know, when he was born, she, you know, dedicated him to the Blessed Mother. And um, he he took that very seriously, felt it very strongly. But Every single book that he wrote, which was about 70, 67 or something like that, he de- dedicated to our Blessed Mother. He, you know, invoked her and, and made it very clear that his devotion to her was because it brought us to our Lord. She brings us to our Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he said when he dies, and hopefully he'll meet um, our Lord in heaven, and he, and he hopes that our Lord would say to him, I heard my mother speak of you. Mm. Um, he ha- had truly had a love for her, and he had a poem that we all knew. We memorized it. We would mm-hmm. say it with him, and it was called Our uh, Lovely Lady Dressed in Blue. I'm not sure of the author, but... Teach me would, how to pray. He, yeah. He recited to us, and, and only if, if you can picture his voice and hear him... It, it never sounded the same when we would say it, but we could hear him, you know, mm. lovely lady dressed in blue. Mm. Teach me how to pray. 
I mean, and and it was you were mesmerized. And I remember being a little girl, and we'd all be on the couch in the living room, and you know everybody would be be performing for him on the piano, singing, doing little tricks yeah. or whatever. He would be telling us stories, but at some point in there, he'd start saying, lovely lady dressed in blue, and we would try to say it with him. But uh, even as a child, you remember being mesmerized by that beautiful voice of his. That's tremendous. What a gift for your whole whole entire family. And I think it's so interesting. You have a son who is a filmmaker. And is, wouldn't it be fitting for the, the family of Fulton Sheen, who was really a pioneer of media in the dawn of television and radio, to really carry that thread through, you know, be, I'm sure he's an intercessor behind all the great success of your son. Do you want to share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Well, and um, our son is um, a writer, and he's just always been uh, a wonderful writer, and um, he lives in L.A. He's been out there for about 10 years now, and he majored in professional writing at uh, the University of Oklahoma, and um, and he was also a, a, a film minor. But he has always written and always had a had a true talent for it. But um, he, this film that he and his friends that um, were friends of his when we lived in San Diego, we were stationed there for a few years, and his best pals, they all reconnected in L.A. and wrote this beautiful film that was at the Sundance Film Festival and now it's going to Cannes, and um, it will be released this summer. It's called Briggs Be Bear. Incredible. And um, it truly is just a, a beautiful film. And um, I remember one thing. My mother, when Kevin first went out to L.A. and was pursuing his dream, my mother helped him. Mm. And she said, if you ever write anything that your grandparents wouldn't be proud of, then you're going to owe all this money back to me. <laughs> <laughs> so I remind him of that. That's and I said, so, so Yolanda. Far, so good. So, so, exactly. So far, so good with Briggs Bear, Kevin. This is interesting. When he was, during the editing process, it was down in the uh, Soho area of Manhattan, mm-hmm. and Kevin um, was in town for a few days, and I said, you know, Kevin, the Bishop Sheen, the Sheen Center is down there, in, in right near right. Soho in NoHo. Bleaker, yeah. I said, you know, I know you're busy, but if you have time, you need to go by there. So he had made a point to go over there, and he said the doors were locked, and somebody opened the door and said, oh, can I help you? And he said, well, he said, my name's Kevin Costello. My mother, Rose, told me, and they said, oh, you're Rose Costello's son? Come on in. I said, oh, I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but they invited him in, and Bill Riley, the director of the Sheen Center, sure. gave him a tour, and you know, Kevin felt such a, a closeness to it because, you know, growing up and knowing our family's closeness to the bishop, but then seeing this beautiful place that's dedicated to him and with the focus of what the bishop did with television right, and, the arts, you know, and yes. the arts and everything, it was a special thing. And, um, and I think somebody there was looking at Kevin and said, I think you have Bishop Sheen's eyes because he has these beautiful blue eyes. So uh, He does. Kind, <laughs> yes. of a, kind of a special kind of a special thing. Um, so yeah. I think uh, I know Bishop Sheen would be proud of him. I know my parents in heaven and my grandparents are very proud of him. I'm getting a little emotional. Oh, <laughs> I know. It, it is emotional. I get emotional. And I feel, I just feel so blessed to have you in my life and to have so many, you know, working in Palm Beach and, you know, kind of collaborating on this cause. It was like God just threw all of Fulton Sheen's family and friends into my life. And it was just like an extension that really enabled me to, you know, come closer, come closer to a man who 
we need him. We need the saint in America today yes. as an intercessor, you know, for not just the media culture. Yes, the media culture, but for family life and strong marriages and strong vocations to priesthood and religious life and just a return of, of who we were um, well, at one time. Well, and that's time. What, my, what my mother always said was, you know, we already know he's a saint. Right. Um, so why is it so important that the church declare him a saint? Well, because so many more people will be brought to our Lord. That's right. Just by that happening, they'll know more about Bishop Sheen, and that was his whole life was dedicated to bringing people to our Lord. Church, are you listening? Sainthood now for Bishop Fulton Sheen. We want to thank our audience for tuning in today. A very special thank you to Rose Costello, relative cousin to Bishop Fulton J. Sheen, who is Venerable Sheen on track for sainthood. Offer your prayers and ask him for intercession. He's powerful before God. He has not stopped interceding. Tell a friend about Mary's Touch. Tag a friend with hashtag Mary's Touch and follow me at Walkenstein on Twitter. We're going to put up some pictures of Rosemary and her family with the bishop on the Mary's Touch Facebook page, so be sure to check it out. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. God love you. God bless you. This program is produced by Mary's Touch, a nonprofit corporation dedicated to bringing you the love of Mary and her son, Jesus. If you have questions, comments, or a story to share, write to us at Mary's Touch, P.O. Box 341991, Austin, Texas, 78734, or email radio at marystouch.org. For more stories or to find out more about Mary, visit our website at marystouch.org. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.